Welcome. I'm Kevin Scott, one of the story architects of Star Wars The High Republic. This is Dominic Pace, who plays Gekko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian. Hi, I'm Claudia Gray. I write Star Wars books. And you're listening. And you are listening to Star Wars Comics and Canon. The Force is strong with this one. Hello there, my friends. This is another Star Wars book review. It's a spoiler-free one. It is not of the High Republic era, like my recent ones have been. But I just want to quickly record an intro for it because I recorded it in my car. So the audio is not up to the usual standard of episodes of Star Wars comics in canon. These are the sorts of ones that I generally release for my Patreon. But because life's busy and a few other things, and also with the release of the Kenobi show, I thought that this review would work quite well coming out now. And then it gives me a little bit of extra time to to prepare a few things for the run-up to episode 100. So I want to clarify that before this whole thing gets started, because if this is your first time with Star Wars Comics in Canon, hello there, thank you so much for tuning in. But the audio quality of this episode in particular is not up to the usual standard, but I want to clarify that to all of your lovely selves. And I also want to say that next week's episode will be The Edge of Balance, Volume 2, and then I'm hoping for the episode after that to be the book review of Mission to Disaster, which is the junior novel of the High Republic era, and then the week after that will probably be episode episode number 100, which is going to be a Q&A episode. So please start contacting me on social media at Genuine Chit Chat or contact Comics in Motion or social media at Comics in Motion P and send over your questions for the Q&A. I will send out a social media post to ask some questions as well. But if anyone has any questions they would like myself or Ben of Star Wars Timeline to answer, please send those across. But yeah, just want to clarify that. Thank you so much for listening. I will not be back at the end to do my rambling nonsense. Just make sure you check out the show notes for all the other things that I'm involved with and make sure you listen to the Kenobi discussion show that we are doing weekly on the feed of Comics in Motion and subscribe to my YouTube channel because that's where you can find all of my stuff. Genuine chit chat, Star Wars Comics in Canon, everything like that, all in playlists and you get video versions of certain episodes as well. So uh, yeah, thank you for listening and I bring you the spoiler-free Mike Chen Brotherhood book review. Hello there and welcome to Star Wars Comics in Canon, your guide to the wider Star Wars canon through the comic book lens. And to take you on this journey, I'm your host, Mike Burton. Hello there my friends and welcome to another Star Wars book review. Uh, this may get released as a Patreon exclusive or I may put it on the feed of Star Wars Comics in Canon. I don't really know yet, I'm just recording it because... I'm nearing the end of the next audiobook that I've been listening to, so I thought I'd better record the review of this one or I'll forget. So what I'm tackling today is Mike Chen's book called Brotherhood. Now, it is set, uh, I think, about two or three weeks, maybe a month after Attack of the Clones. So it's right at the start of the Clone Wars. Now, it's set before the Clone Wars movie and before the Clone Wars series. I mean, the Clone Wars series is set after the Clone Wars movie, so, you know, that's a given. So it's before Anakin gets Ahsoka as an apprentice and any of those sorts of events occur. Now, this movie, to me, genuinely... This movie? This book, to me, genuinely feels like... I mean, Mike Chen, in certain interviews, he said that it's like an arc of... The Clone Wars to him. It's like a four-episode arc. But, I mean, I suppose it could kind of fit in that. But for me, it, it really feels like it could have almost been a Star Wars movie. It's not quite got the same weight to it. But I feel like this could have been really, really good if it was in live action. And this could have served as a sort of 
episode 2.5. So the way I'll describe it, you know, as standard, my friends, I'm going to talk about it spoiler-free, and then I'll give a little bit of warning, then I'll talk a little bit more about it, and then we'll go from there, and then right at the end I'll give spoilers, and just say what the general plot is, uh, just so people are aware. Just because I know not everyone has the time to listen to every Star Wars audiobook or read every Star Wars book, like I am trying to do. Uh, I say trying. I can't read every Legends book or listen to every Legends audiobook, because that is madness. Uh, But what I am going to try and do is I'm listening to all of the Essential Legends books. So Darth Bane, and obviously Darth Plagueis, and Darth's Shatterpoint. There's also the Rogue Squadron books. There's also uh, some Darth Maul ones. I think Shadowhunter's coming out. And that one is going to be narrated by Sam Witwer, who's one of my favourite people in the world, but also one of my favourites in Star Wars. He obviously played Starkiller in the Force Unleashed games, which are my favourite video games ever. Uh, That's one of the tattoos I've got. And also he voices Maul in the Clone Wars and also in Rebels. He does a lot of other voice work and things. He's done a few cameras and stuff in live action but he's mainly a voice actor and you know the video game uh, character Starkiller slash Galen Merrick in The Force Unleashed 1 and 2 so I'm very excited about that I was like oh Darth Maul with Legends I'm not as interested by that but then when I heard it was Sam Witwer I was like yeah I'm 100% going to listen to that I think that comes out in like August they're doing like waves of essential Legends stuff uh, so I'm going to listen to that at some point but this is about a book which is canon so as I said Brotherhood by Mike Chen. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head when it came out. I think it was around May time. It was before Kenobi dropped by a few weeks. And I remember that because I finished the audiobook of Brotherhood while driving home, but the day that Kenobi episodes one and two dropped. So it's a very, very recent book. And, you know, right off the bat, it is really, really good. I think this is one of my favourite canon Star Wars books. Now, Much like many of the other canon books, it doesn't necessarily stand on its own two feet. So when you've got books, like the High Republic is an example. The High Republic books, obviously I do reviews for those on the feed of uh, Star Wars Comics Canon or on my YouTube channel. But with the High Republic books, they are their own self-contained stories. You know, you've got the High Republic and then you've also got the the books, you've got the comics, you've got uh, like a few other bits and pieces of media as well. There's more stuff being announced. So in 2023, we're going to get Tales of the Jedi, not Tales of the Jedi, we're going to get the Young Jedi or something like that, Young Jedi Order, something along those lines. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's going to be an animated High Republic show for young kids. So, and there's also like the game Star Wars Eclipse has been announced. There's going to be other stuff to do with the High Republic. But the High Republic doesn't rely on any of the movies or any of the existing series or any of the existing content. Whereas with a lot of the canon books, it seems to all rely on other stuff. You know, you've got Dark Disciple, which is excellent, which I tackled on my Patreon by Christy Golden. That was made from scripts of an unused Clone Wars arc featuring... Quinlan Voss and Asajj Ventress. Whereas Brotherhood, it sounds like, you know, a prequel movie to The Clone Wars. And if you haven't seen Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, I mean, if you're listening to this and you haven't done, I'd be incredibly surprised. But if you haven't done those things, then 
it doesn't really work. It works so well as an in-between of Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. It really helps flush out the characters of Obi-Wan and Anakin quite a bit, especially for people who haven't seen the Clone Wars series. So any of you listeners who tried the Clone Wars couldn't get into it. I always tell people to skip pretty much all of the first series. You know, watch the episode Rookies, watch Lair of Grievous, uh, and then watch the last, I think, four or five episodes. There's the Ryloth arc and the uh, Holocron heist, I think, is the last episode. And then season two, you can watch the majority of it. And then series three onwards, you should watch all the episodes from series three up to series seven. But series one's a bit hit and miss. And a lot of people I know are like, oh, Mike, I tried watching Clone Wars. I know you said that I shouldn't uh, skip through series one. I want to watch it all. I'm a completionist. And then people just don't finish it. And I'm telling people, series one of Clone Wars is not that good. The movie is really not that good. Uh, but this book is amazing. And there's an audiobook production of it. And it's uh, narrated by... Uh, is it? It's Jonathan Davis who narrates this. He's narrating the Darth Bane books as well, which are the other audiobooks I'm listening to quite a lot uh, in Legends. But Jonathan Davis, him and Mark Thompson are, I think, the two heavy hitters of the Star Wars audiobook realm. Uh, Mark Thompson, I think, has done all the High Republic audiobooks and the audio drama Tempest Runner. He's also doing, I think, the Battle of Jeddah, which is going to be in the next phase of the High Republic as well. And Mark Thompson's done other non-High Republic uh, audiobooks as well. They're both excellent uh, voice uh, actors. Both do such a good job in slightly different ways. But yeah, Jonathan Davis does a, a really, really good job of narrating this. It really sounds like Obi-Wan Kenobi and uh, Anakin and then the other characters that pop up as well. But it's a really, really good book, but it really is a support for episodes two and three. And I really, really enjoyed it. I think it's I'd probably argue it's as good as Dark Disciple. I mean, Dark Disciple, as I said, focuses on Quinlan Voss and Sarge Ventress. It is brilliant, but Brotherhood is its own new kind of story. But obviously, you know that, well, you know what happens to Obi-Wan and Anakin because there's all the Clone Wars and obviously Episode 3. So we already know that those characters survive. So it is always something, I said it with the Darth Plagueis Legends book as well, and Shatterpoint with Mace Windu. It's a hard one because when you do a book that is, or some content that is essentially a prequel with characters that you already know what happens, it's really difficult to make it so that it remains interesting to people. Because when you know they're in a difficult situation, you know they're not going to die, or you know that you know they can't have like an amputation or something horrendous happen to them because you know that they're fine in the subsequent content. So it's always one of those things where I don't think prequel books, in a lot of ways, can reach the heights that original content can, like In Light of the Jedi and The Rising Storm and the Fallen Star, the main adult books in the High Republic, characters that exist in that, they would be dead by the time of the Skywalker saga anyway. So you you know that they may, and they're going to die at some point, but you don't know how they're going to die. Whereas when it gets characters like Obi-Wan Anakin, we know their fates, we know what happens to them in the movies. So it's always a, a tough thing to... It's like a tightrope almost, because... You want to make things exciting and interesting, and you want to add in a couple of new characters, but you the point of the book isn't these action set pieces to make you question what's going to happen to Obi-Wan and Anakin. It's more delving deep into the characters. So I'd say that this is going to be the, the final part of my spoiler-free thoughts on it, then I'll go into sort of the themes and little bits and pieces. But if you're not interested in Obi-Wan and Anakin at the Clone Wars sort of era and their relationship and how it evolved you're not really going to enjoy this book because it's all about Obi-Wan and Anakin. There's a couple of other characters that are in it, some new characters, some uh, reoccurring ones, 
But realistically, if you don't like Obi-Wan and Anakin, and you're not interested by their dynamic, their relationship, you're not going to like this, essentially. Now, one other thing I'm going to say before uh, I get into slightly spoilery territory. Still, I'd say this will be spoiler-free continuing, but... One thing that I heard Mike Chen, he said that he loved E.K. Johnston's Queen's trilogy. So Queen's Hope, Queen's Shadow, and Queen's... Oh, I should have remembered what this was. Uh, there's three Queen's books. I can't remember what they're all called. Um, but Queen's Shadow, Queen's Hope, and Queen's something else, another one. And it's all focusing around Padme, around Phantom Menace, Stack of the Clones, and then I think Revenge of the Sith as well, as well as her handmaidens, and that sort of stuff. Now, Mike Chen said he was a big fan of the Queen's books by E.K. Johnston. So when she released her newest one, um, which I said, I can't remember exactly what it's called. When she released that, he was talking to her before it was released about certain elements that happen in that book and Mike Chen's book because they, they happen at a very similar time. I think the timeline is you get Attack of the Clones, then you get the third in the Queen's trilogy is like literally directly after that. I think there's some overlap with Attack of the Clones. And then it's Mike Chen's Brotherhood and then it's the Clone Wars movie then it's the vast majority of the Clone Wars series, I think up to Series 6. Then I think it's Christy Golden's book, Dark Disciple. Then I think it's Series 7 of the Clone Wars. That's generally how it is in brief. But I thought that was just quite some cool things to mention. So now I'm going to talk about the themes and the characters a little bit more. Still not really spoilery, but I want to give people plenty of warning. So the themes of this is, you know, I'm going to say something that happens right at the very start of the book. It's literally like the first thing that happens. And it's that Anakin becomes a Jedi Knight. So in Attack of the Clones, he is a Padawan still. And then by Revenge of the Sith, he is a full Jedi Knight. And in the Clone Wars, he's a full Jedi Knight as well. And in the Legends continuity, there's the Clone Wars Legends uh, cartoon, which is the 2D micro-series. You can watch them in the vintage Star Wars selection of Disney. But a lot of us will remember they came out around 2003. They were made by a guy called... Darren or Darren Tarsanovsky or something. He made Samurai Jack. Apologies for getting his name wrong. But they are very action-packed. There's a lot of cool concepts in there, like General Grievous was in there and a few other bits and pieces. But they are not canon, and a lot of us from 2003 remember on Cartoon Network having, like, these episodes between the ends of normal episodes. So, like, Dexter's Laboratory would end, and then it would come up with Clone Wars for, like, two or three minutes before the next show. It was very, very bizarre. But they are quite cool, and I I have uh, the first volume on DVD, but I never finished, I never got the second one, and then obviously when uh, Disney Plus uh, vintage stuff came out, I was like, oh, I get to watch all of the micro-series. They're on there as like two giant episodes, they're like two hours long, uh, so not quite so micro. But in that, you get, I think it's the end of the second volume, you get Anakin's uh, Jedi Knight ritual thing, and it's got some like leeches involved it's really bizarre. There's like body painting and leeches, and they look kind of like henna tattoos in a way. It's quite peculiar. Some people loved it, some people did not. I wasn't really much of a fan, but I kind of take styles as it is. But that was Legends continuity, so we didn't get in canon to see what exactly made Anakin a Jedi Knight and things, and why it happened, and what the ceremony was like, or anything like that. And also with Brotherhood, one of the main things about it is it's kind of focusing on in Revenge of the Sith, after they get back from Coruscant and stuff, and Anakin's obviously saved Obi-Wan again, and he says, um, you know, don't, uh, I've saved your skin for the tenth time. And then Obi-Wan's like, oh no, it's the ninth time that business on Cato Nemoidia didn't count. Well, this book is about the business on Cato Nemoidia. This is what the central plot is, is, you know, how that little bit of dialogue spawned off a book, which is quite fun. A lot of people hate that about Star Wars, but I actually love it. I think it's really cool. You could just, like, deep dive. It's like the rule of two. 
being mentioned in The Phantom Menace kind of spawned off the Darth Bane trilogy, which I'm near the end of the second book, and they're absolutely incredible. I'm loving them. Uh, so that's going to be my next uh, book review, probably only released on Patreon, because I release Legends stuff on Patreon. But it's about the business of Ketanomoidia, but the first part of the book is about the knighting ceremony, and it doesn't doesn't really delve into it very much, to be honest with you. I think they're kind of keeping the knighting ceremony close to the chest a little bit. Like it's, But I keep stopping and starting and thinking about what I'm going to say, because with the Jedi trials, around the Clone Wars era, where the Jedi started to kind of lose their way, a lot of it was they just made Padawans who weren't ready knights very quickly because they were running out of Jedi. Jedi were getting killed in the Clone Wars, and so they needed some generals in their army that's what the jedi became in the clone wars they were the generals to the clone battalions and padawans were commanders in these battalions so they wanted to make loads of people just who are padawans who maybe weren't ready to become jedi knights very quickly and one of the themes about this book is anakin coming to terms with him now being considered an equal to obi-wan because i think at this point obi-wan is not yet a jedi master i think or he's He's on the council, but he's like not a he's not officially on the council fully. There's like a rotor system in place to kind of make him on it a bit, but kind of testing while there's all sorts of Jedi in conflicts that can't, you know, be a part of the council to discuss certain matters. So certain Jedi kind of are on it when they're available. It's I don't want to spoil it all in the book, but it's quite interesting. But at this book, both Anakin and Obi-Wan are both Jedi. So they're both even. So it explores their relationship quite a lot and how they interact especially how from Anakin's perspective and how from Obi-Wan's perspective the dynamic shifts for the good and for the bad and one thing I didn't actually think about at all uh, which is something that I don't think maybe has been explored enough so really kudos to Mike Chen for exploring this a lot I know that in I think it's Matthew Stover's book uh, he did the re- uh, novelization of Revenge of the Sith and then he also did Darth Vader Dark Lord of the Sith which I know are very highly regarded Legends content um, even the novelization of Revenge of the Sith is Legends. So the novelizations of episodes 1 to 6 are Legends, whereas the novelizations of episodes 7, 8, 9, Solo and Rogue One, they're expanded editions, there's more content in there, more details, but they are canon, those ones. So obviously sticking to the vast majority of content released after 2014 is canon, and the vast majority of content released before that is Legends. But the thing that's explored is getting used to having animatronic limbs. So obviously at the end of Attack of the Clones, Anakin gets his arm cut off, and then the last sort of scene is him and Padme getting married and him having his robotic mechanical limb. And this book talks about him getting used to that. And Mike Chen said a lot of his influence from this was Matthew Stover's novelization of Revenge of the Sith. And I think especially at the end, it talks about Anakin getting used to his... well, Vader getting used to his suit. And I know that in the Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith legends book it's like a direct sequel to revenge of the sith's novelization and i know a lot of people hold it in high regard and i think in that it really goes into vader slash anakin feeling the suit and getting used to his limbs now all being uh, animatronic being mechanical being made of metal and so this book explores that a bit and i found that really interesting where there's certain action scenes where anakin notes like oh the my arm doesn't my mechanical arm doesn't respond like my uh, organic arm does and it doesn't respond in the same way it did before i got my limb cut off and the whole book is him kind of finding himself getting used to it because in the clone wars he's already like in the clone Wars series in the movie he's basically already used to having a mechanical arm 
So that is an element that I really didn't know I wanted until I heard it. And so once again, kudos to Mike Chen, who's just done such a good job of getting to know the characters. He's clearly such a big fan of the Clone Wars because there's so many little Easter eggs and stuff in that. So those are the themes and the kind of spoiler-free parts. And they're the sort of parts that I think going into this book you should be aware of and they're really cool. But now I'm going to get into slightly more spoilery territory. Obviously, spoilers in this scenario are not the same as, say, the High Republic, because you know what happens to Anakin and Obi-Wan. So it's not that spoilery. But I'm now going to talk about the book in more general terms, about certain characters that do not appear. So it is kind of going to be spoilery, but I'm not going to go into such depth that you're not going to be able to enjoy this. Because I always want people, if they listen to my reviews and stuff, to check out the audiobooks. To, to check out the the physical books, however you consume media. You know, I read all the High Republic books physically, normally before bed, and I write a lot of notes about them, whereas all the audiobooks I listen to, like the Darth Bane books, Darth Plagueis, a lot of the Legend stuff, and this book, and you know, Last Shot, Got, uh, Dark Disciple, all the books that I do in the Patreon releases or in the shorter format, I don't do all my notes for, I don't go into as much detail as I do with the High Republic stuff, or like I did with Master and Apprentice and stuff, because I listen to them in audiobook form, I don't have the same time to digest and read over the same page over and over and over again, I listen to it over the course of a few weeks, and I kind of just think about things as I'm kind of going, which is why it's a bit more rambly, which is why I normally release them on Patreon as well, because it's like, yeah, here's some bonus content, but the the uh, the expert, how I talk about things are nowhere near as concise and careful, and I don't edit these either, so that's kind of why a lot of the time I'm just kind of waffling, because I don't want them necessarily to be dead air. When there is, I do edit it out, but I try and release these quite soon after recording them, whereas, you know, the High Republic stuff, I, I stop and start quite a lot, and I read out certain passages and things, so it's a bit more in-depth. But now I'm going to go into a little bit more spoilery stuff. It's the long and the short of it. So be prepared. If you're going to read the book and you don't want to know anything else, this is your warning. So now I'm going to talk about spoilers a little bit. So based on Kato Nemoidia, which is where the Nemoidians are from, which is Newt Gunray, is one of the main characters uh, in who are Nemoidians that we know of. Obviously, he's the main antagonist in The Phantom Menace, and then he's kind of an antagonist in The Clone Wars, but he's kind of pushed aside because he's not that important or whatever but he's one of the leaders of the trade federation and he is a nemordian species so this book delves into the nemordian culture and species and some of the stereotypes that other people across the galaxy have towards the nemordians which i really liked because we've only really seen the nemordians as the baddies in air quotes as the trade federation so i really like that then there's two characters that pop up that are main characters. So you get the, you get chapters and perspectives of Obi-Wan as well as Anakin and then two other characters. There's a Nemordian guard whose name completely escapes me. Um, so I think it's Rue or Rook, Rook, something like that. And she's really, really interesting. She's kind of, she's a guard and she's trying to be, you know, faithful to her species and her culture and her homeworld, but she also wants to do what's right. And then there's another character who's a Jedi youngling who, I can't remember what her name is at all, it's completely gone, I should have looked it up before pressing record, but she kind of tags, she's she's struggling with the force, she's getting very, very overwhelmed, and she doesn't really know where she sits in all of this. She has like almost a panic attack due to the force, and doesn't go off to the gathering, which is when the younglings get their lightsabers, and that's like a really, really interesting episode in the Clone Wars, I think season four or five, I think it's series five near the start, and it's really, really interesting 
Uh, see the younglings get their lightsaber crystals at the trial of getting your lightsaber crystal. Go to Ilum, which is what Starkiller base uh, was. Ilum, you know, got hollowed out by the Empire to mine stuff for the Death Star. And then when the First Order took over, they mined out even more. And then in that, they then became Starkiller base from The Force Awakens. So with her, she her perspective of having the Force overwhelm her is a really interesting concept as well, which we don't get that often. You get the odd time where a Jedi is meditating or something and they get a really intense vision or they, like Rey does in The Force Awakens where she touches an artifact, has a mild amount of psychometry and then has a vision because of that. But you don't really get people who are overwhelmed by their own connection to the Force. So that was a really interesting concept I enjoyed as well. Then you've got... So you've got Anakin, Obi-Wan, this youngling, and then you've also got uh, the Neimoidian Guard. And also as well as a lot of the first times you get, you get introduced to Asajj Ventress. Now, anyone who watches The Clone Wars, and obviously I did mention Dark Disciple quite a few times in this recording, Asajj Ventress is a Dathomirian night sister. She is the shadow apprentice of Dooku, and then Dooku throws her to one side when she becomes too powerful, but she survives and then plots to try and kill Dooku. Her, she's one of my favourite characters in the prequels and also in the Clone Wars era, the prequel era, the Clone Wars era, because she doesn't show up in the prequel movies. She's really interesting. Every plot line that centres around her, I just get more and more intrigued by her character. And so you get introduced to her, you get Obi-Wan meet her for the first time, and I really like how she's presented in this book, and how she's a bit more careful. They don't really know if she had any Force abilities, she's just a manipulator in this book for the most part. So I like the introduction to Asajj. This, for me... Brotherhood should have been the Clone Wars movie. Like, no disrespect to Dave Filoni, because, you know, Series 2 and 3 of the Clone Wars are great, and I think Series 4, 5, 6 and 7 of the Clone Wars are absolutely phenomenal. So, and Dave Filoni has done a lot of stuff for the live-action shows, Mandalorian, he's obviously heavily involved in Ahsoka, he pretty much created the character of Ahsoka, along with George Lucas, and he worked with George Lucas heavily. And so, mad respect to Dave Filoni. But... The Clone Wars movie is not good. It's worse than all of the Star Wars movies. It's worse than pretty much all the Clone Wars arcs. And I am genuinely surprised after that movie was released they got to make the Clone Wars series. I'm incredibly thankful. But the Clone Wars movie isn't very good. It's just... It doesn't really hit the notes for me in any of the ways. And it's just not good. But if they made Brotherhood into a movie and then they kind of condensed the start of the Clone Wars movie, maybe the first hour or so, they combined Brotherhood this book, and the first part of the Clone Wars movie together, it would have been so cool, even if they did it in the animated style, I would have loved to have seen that, because I just think it would have made the Clone Wars movie that much better. So, this is all about the early days in the war. It's about introducing characters of the Clone Wars. It's about Anakin and Obi-Wan, they put on their Clone Wars armour for the first time in this, I really like. It's about a youngling trying to find their way in the Jedi Order. It's about Anakin still trying to hide everything with him and Padme and getting frustrated with the fact that he can't just, you know, run off of Padme like he wants to. They have to have quite a few secret meetings. And Padme does feature in this book, not quite heavily, but she's in quite a few chapters, especially with Anakin. And you get to see what Padme and Anakin get up to outside of their duties and how they interact as a couple outside of the movies and outside of the Clone Wars. It's, it's really good. I really, really like this book. I think this and Dark Disciple are some of the best Clone Wars era content you could get. And if you really couldn't get into the Clone Wars series, I think this book and Dark Disciple are really for you. I mean, Dark Disciple kind of serves as a 
a finale in some ways to elements of the Clone Wars that didn't get to get finished, whereas Brotherhood serves as like a prologue or a prelude. But yeah, that's more or less all I can say without delving hugely into it. There's lots of little nods that I really liked and stuff, but the main things I enjoyed was Anakin trying to hide his stuff with Padme, learning about his dynamic with Obi-Wan, and the whole main plot, in air quotes, is them trying to unravel a mystery of there's a bombing that happens at Cato de Moidia, and they're trying to unravel who did it. Was it the Republic? Was it the Separatists? Was it someone else entirely? Was it bounty hunters and mercenaries? What caused this bombing? And that's what is the catalyst of this whole book. And then from, but you know, reading between the lines, that's not what the book is specifically about. That's the plot. What the book's about is Anakin and Obi-Wan and their brotherhood, you know. And Qui-Gon gets mentioned in it, which I quite like. I love Qui-Gon as a character anytime he's mentioned. And so it's about Obi-Wan and Anakin's relationship. It's about how Obi-Wan starts to see things with Anakin and Padme and tries to kind of read between the lines. It's about Anakin struggling with his arm and his interactions with a youngling and obviously not wanting one because at the start of the Clone Wars when he gets Ahsoka as a Padawan, he doesn't want her. But it's very interesting seeing him interact with a youngling before that and it's kind of showing how him from Attack of the Clones could warm and hit into the role of a mentor and how that plays into the Clone Wars. So any fans of the Clone Wars, this is a must-read. Anyone who doesn't like the Clone Wars, I would still say you should really give this book a go. The audiobook is brilliant, as I said. That's how I've been consuming a lot of Star Wars content. And I think if you listen to this and by me talking about it, just try try the audiobook. If you go to Audible, you get a free trial of that. You get one Audible credit for free. An Audible credit you can spend on like any book. And then even if you don't continue with the trial and you cancel the trial, after you know you get the trial, buy the book with the credit, then cancel your trial, you'll still be able to listen to that book forever. It's still on your Audible account. So if anyone's listening to this and hasn't yet got an Audible account, I really, really recommend checking it out, going, getting your Audible book credit and listen to Brotherhood. And then let me know what you thought, because it, it was just really good. I was just really surprised. I kind of, I had another credit come through and I was kind of doing it on a whim. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to check out Brotherhood. Really, really want to give this a go. So yeah, go check out the book, audiobook or physical book, wherever you want. And also reach out to Mike Chen on Twitter. He's a lovely guy. Twitter, Instagram, wherever. Just reach out to him and say how much you like him. And um, so, yeah, that's going to be enough for me, really. I'd say really enjoy this, really recommend it, especially if you love the prequels and the Clone Wars era like I do. Go check this out. But that's going to be enough for me, my friends. I don't know if I'm releasing this just on Patreon or on the main feed. Either way, thank you so much for listening and supporting the show. I appreciate each and every one of you listening. And I'll talk to you again soon with the Darth Bane Book 2 book review, because I'm almost finishing that. I'm right near the end of that. So, uh, yeah, just thank you, guys. The intro for Star Wars Comics and Canon is arranged by myself, Mike Burton, and the backing music was made by Eric Matias of soundimage.org. You have just experienced host, creator, everything else of genuine chit-chat, and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.